welcome to the Victorious Living Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Nakia Young, and we are so excited to welcome back to the Victorious Living Solutions Podcast our very special guest, Miss Magdalene Harvey, better known as the Project Queen. Welcome. So honored again. <laughs> awesome. So you guys were titling today's show toxicity at work, toxicity at work. We're going to talk about the different types of toxic people that you meet in the workplace. And our project queen is going to give us some tips for how to deal with these people so you can do what you need to do and be effective at your job. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so I'm just going to throw some random types of toxic people at you, okay? Okay. Here, Here's, here's a good one. Disrespectful. The disrespectful coworker. So this is somebody you could be working on a project with, um, or they could be a boss, or not even a boss, just another coworker. And they're basically habitual line steppers. They interrupt you during meetings. They make rude comments. They ask questions that are highly personal or none of their business. They're just disrespectful. How would you deal with this person? <laughs> I love this question because I've worked in environments like that before. <laughs> and some of the things that I usually tell people in order to deal with that, number one, be true to yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to love yourself. You have to be loyal to yourself. And then you have to exercise when you have that. It, it builds confidence and it gives you a strong sense of who you are. And you know, when you know who you are, what's your tolerance level. But to be able to exert yourself and shut that down mm -hmm. in a confident, emotionally intelligent way so you can be understood. Mm -hmm. And if someone is over talking you or interrupting you or being aggressive, being rude, being disrespectful, like you said, yeah. you literally could call it out. That's disrespectful. You interrupted me while I was talking and I want to finish my statement. And yeah. you could assert that kind of like in a tone that I just did mm -hmm. without screaming, without allowing them to rattle you, like being yeah. sort of unmovable, right? Mm -hmm. um, I actually had one of those Duke, I call it the Duke out sessions. You know how when people are fussing going back and forth and you're like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and some of the, there's been times when I say, I appreciate your passion. I am just as passionate. I can respect your opinion and I like you to expect, respect mine. So the thing is, is not being afraid. And what happens sometimes, I think in many work environments, a lot of people, have fear of losing, fear mm -hmm. of losing your job, fear of, I've had people say, oh, I'm gonna look stupid or I'm gonna look like I don't know. The truth is, <laughs> if you don't know, it's okay to not know. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times those defense mechanisms kick in, people get shame or shy. Um, and anytime you have to, Think back on a conversation that you had at work. You can't sleep at night. You're regretting how that conversation went or something should have been said that wasn't said. Mm. That's when you have to evaluate your own toxicity. 
are you being true to who you are when you're in these environments and that happens? Because if you're being true to who you are, show up. Don't wait till after the fact. Don't mm-hmm. replay the conversation, you know, over and over and over again. Because then that at least the health problems. <laughs> yes, that is true. We can talk about that a little bit more um, later on. But yes, don't keep that bottle up inside. I love it. Okay. What about, here's a good one. The blame shifter. The blame shifter. So oh. this is the kind, this is the person that, you they were supposed to do something they didn't do it but they're instead of them accepting responsibility for not having whatever done they put the blame on everyone else they put the blame on you somehow they put the blame on oh well such and such was supposed to give me this but they didn't it's everybody else's fault but theirs that they haven't done what they're supposed to do so how do you deal with the blame shifter I love that because mm-hmm. as a project manager, oftentimes you're, you know, in a team environment, you need something from someone oftentimes in order to complete a process or to do the job. Yeah. So it's always good as a project manager to identify those destructive behaviors that yeah. you sort of have identified that certain people have. Like yeah. if you know you have a known slacker. Yeah. Because we talk about this. Um, there's a thing that we measure in project management called slack or float. It's how much wiggle room you have in order to get something done. So if I know I have 15 days to get a task done, and in reality, it really takes six days, I'm not going to ask the person that needs to do the work to do it in six days. I'm going to tell them they have three days. And I'm following up on day three to find out where's my stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. the project manager needs to be able to sort of identify who can and can't do what. And you don't want to ask why you didn't, you know, like you're not, if you know that person is the slacker, your goal is to find out what is preventing it from getting done. You're about moving forward because the blame shifter is going to do just that. They're going to blame it on everybody. Okay, now that we got that out the way, what can we do today? Because I need this today. Yes. There are hindrance because, you know, John didn't pass the paper or you need a button click. Do I need to escalate? Do I need to expedite? So what I do is I tend to get from that individual, what can they do right now? And while we're on the call, I'll wait while they go get it done. Right. <laughs> like I'll hold while they get it done. It's just like, if you were making a phone call, a customer service issue, right? You're really having an issue. Mm-hmm. You're trying to catch, you're trying to get your flight booked. Something is going on and it's not, you're not going to get off the line until you have to get that done, especially if you have to get somewhere, right? So if you got the wrong person on the line, what are you going to do? You're going to ask them, you might mistakenly hang up to get another person. <laughs> you know, like, oops, they, that's not my Or you're going to demand let me speak to somebody that can make something happen right now. Yes. Right. And you're going to hold until what you're trying to accomplish is complete. So that's what I usually tell the project manager. You just take the bull by the horn and you make sure you stay on that bull to what you need to get complete, complete. When it stops bucking and you're at the end and you want the money, <laughs> then you get off the bull. Hmm. Okay. 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 
<laughs> All right, let's do one. Uh, we got two more. I'm going to try. I may I may even fit in a third one, but we'll see. This is a good one. The jealous person. The jealous person. This person does not like to see anybody else doing better than them. And they may even lash out or try to do things to make you look bad in front of other people or anything to kind of bring you down so that they can show that they're above you. They're just jealous hearted. How do you deal with the jealous coworker? Well, again, you're the center of it all, right? So as someone you really can't prevent sort of how other people feel, but when you're true to yourself, right? And you're confident in who you are and what abilities that you bring, you actually can help uplift, uplift, others. When you help uplift others, one of the things that I find myself doing all day long, I'm very thankful. I use a lot of gratitude. So I'll say, oh, thank you so much, Nakia. You're the best. You're (laughs) the bomb. You're awesome. Like I have like all of my, you're great um, statements. (laughs) And I always find ways to compliment people on their approach to the work because we all are unique. We all are different. I start my meetings out by saying those kind of things. It's amazing. We're an amazing group. We're an amazing team. We're an amazing team. We're all different. We have different approaches to the work. Um, And when somebody calls out or feels like they're calling out something something that you've done, but they say it in a, you know, shady or sarcastic (laughs) way, you just go right in and say, I appreciate that compliment. I get it from you. Or I watch how you, you know, you want to, basically that person is probably missing edification in their life. Hmm. The best gift you could give to anybody is a compliment. And let that compliment be authentic. I challenge people all the time, find something amazing in somebody else to be able to call out and speak to. And you'll start seeing those gifts come right back to you. Hmm. If people are not seeing your effort, if they're not seeing you, like literally I spent, my my leadership, I've sent them emails saying, I see you working hard. I know this could be stressful. I watched how you overcame the obstacle of pushing through when people were shutting us down. And you were able to push it through. You got us through. It looked a little rocky in the beginning, but I see you. People just want to be seen. Hmm. And when you give that compliment, you literally can create a positive work environment. I was actually told when I was hired on a project once before that, oh, this is a very toxic work environment. The team, everybody drag, nobody does um, anything uplifting. They all point fingers at each other. We sit in meetings, it's like a boxing match and we walk away and nothing gets accomplished. Wow. And I was the project manager. Now, again, I was told that coming in, but that's not how I manage projects. In my interview, I told them I like to bring joy to the team. I like to help. I like to help galvanize the team and get us working together. I said, and you know, we may have boot camp going at first, but in the very beginning, my job is to help make sure that we have contributors. And if there's anyone that's not contributing or don't understand where their value is, my job is to help them find their value. So I think as a project manager, when you do give those compliments, when you do let people know that you see them and you reward them by letting them know, they're more willing to show up. Like they're more willing to step into, even if they're not at that level, but you speak to them on that level, guess what they do? They level up, I promise you. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. You're really good at these. Okay. I'm going to do one more. 
And then if you feel like I've left out any, if you have anything else you want to share, let me know. So here's one. This is the negative Nancy, the negative Nancy. They have nothing but complaints, but they don't offer any solution. They just want to complain about everything that's wrong. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that happens a lot. And oftentimes that person, either their value was not cherished at some point, they may have been the person that was the, you know, information giver. They may have been a subject matter expert, or like we say it in corporate America, a shmi. And people weren't listening and they're kind of frustrated with the direction that it goes. And they're just complaining, complaining, complaining. Mm-hmm. One of the ways that um I like to um help with those kind of situations is really finding out if the world was perfect. I never forget asking this question to each person that I talk to. And you can make you can wave a magic wand. What would that look like for you? Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And let them answer. And if they don't have the answer, I'll speak to whoever I, you know, whoever, whatever role that they're in, or I feel that they have had value or the value that I see in them. Mm-hmm. I see that you're really, you're really good at identifying the gaps or the holes and stuff. That yeah. means that you're a problem solver. I mean, we need that person because that person is typically really analytical. They're risk averse, right? So they're like, okay, what if the sky falls? Well, what can we do with the sky? Well, you know what I'm saying? So I like helping yeah. people. I like helping people who can identify the gaps or who are very risk averse. That's that's like the technical term for negative Nancy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, very risk averse. We're coming up with um solutions and and I do a lot of positive um speaking and telling people to speak positive but if if you're in a negative environment or if you're in a we'll say a hard project with a hard situation let's come up with solutions mm-hmm. and then I write those out and we come up with like brainstorm I'm you know what we need to brainstorm I like the way you think you know <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll have, you know, one of those kind of powwows. I actually had somebody who's like, you know what? They don't want to give me this position. They don't want to do this. And, you know, they don't do anything right. I said, it's amazing how we you pick that up. So let's come up with a solution for it. Because, you know, you're paid well according to the level of the problem you can solve. I think that's Mike Murdoch um, that says that we're paid according to the level of problem you can solve. Mm-hmm. So if you got this problem solving ability, you over here sitting on a bench. Here's the other thing. You don't know if it's going to actually work until you work it. Mm-hmm. And I need to keep picking your brain because you got it, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And I, I kind of enlist them to help solve the problem if they're willing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that does require you to build trust, though. You have to build trust. Now, what I'm hearing uh, everything she's saying, you guys, raise your hands at home or in your car, wherever you at, if you know that you would not have handled a lot of these situations as eloquently as Project Queen Mag has just suggested. <laughs> Some of y'all would have been like, Lord, Lord, God. where was you 20 years ago? Where was you 10 years ago? I was trying to tell you when I had, you know, I've had people say that to me. 
Like, Lord, if this was a test, I failed it. Please help me so that next time I pass it. Because this time was a (laughs) no-go. Yeah. And, you know, I I had one of those discussions with with a coworker because she was giving me a situation that she was dealing with and how it got handled and, and sort of the... Just the whole lull, the letdown, the frustration, you know, the the lack of loving the job yeah. um, that they were in because of certain situations that had happened. And nine times out of 10, and I've not found this to be different yet. So if, if I'm wrong, I could be proven wrong. But when we don't show up and when we shrink mm-hmm. because we choose not to show up to deal with a situation and your default is fight your default is cussing somebody out or you know cursing someone out <laughs> or your default is just using language that doesn't align with professionalism yeah that's the best way to say it right yeah if that's your default you have to work on shifting your vocabulary mm-hmm. and then there's nothing wrong with role-playing a situation with someone before having to act on it because nine times out of ten if you act out in a way that's very unbecoming you knew it was coming does that make sense it's yes. almost like if you know you got this situation with a co-worker or a situation you know at some point your test is gonna come like mm-hmm. your final exam <laughs> or your midterm is gonna come. So you need tools to be able to show up. And I took a class when they asked, what is your, what's the word that they use? What is your act? Mm -hmm. Meaning when you're being held accountable for something that you're supposed to do, which in 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 a case of a project manager, you held accountable for the project. Yeah. And you don't rise up to the occasion. Things are not going the way you think it should go. What is your act? Like, what is your default response to whatever comes to you? And that default response, it's okay not knowing. It's okay to be wrong if you're wrong. I think if you set yourself up to be unmessable with, and you're confident in who you are and what you could bring to the table, no matter what the problem is, you're willing to solve it. You may not have the answer up front, but you're willing to have the conversations to work through the answer so we could come up with the resolve. Mm-hmm. We don't need little young to fix my life. <laughs> we just need you to shut up. I mean, show up. I said shut up. We just need you to show up and be authentic. I mm-hmm. think people want to hide behind that. So what, how do they act? They get aggressive. Somebody want to hide behind that. So what do they do? They become a blocker. They block and hide what they didn't do so nobody else would find it. What do people do? They become the devil's advocate. Now you're trying to rally some more people to be a demon with you (laughs) to agree with your foolishness when the reality is you're not getting it done. You know, or you want to dominate and filibuster conversations because you don't want nobody to ask you anything. You know what I'm saying? Or you want to be withdrawn with your arms folded up, with your lip closed, because you really don't know. And and I've heard people say, well, if you don't say nothing, people don't really know what you're going to know. Mm-hmm. But at, how long are you going to stay in the unknown? Yeah. So it's one of those things where if you are unmessable with, 
you're okay to learn and look at every project, every opportunity as an opportunity to learn and grow. If you said that in your interview and that's on your resume, I'm willing to grow. I'm ready for a challenge. When a challenge comes, show up. Don't let your personal ego cause you to have backwardness. Well, you know, when you're going back, you're withdrawn. Yeah. Timid. Because people are intense in a conversation. Like I'll jump into a conversation when I when I tell you they're intense. They 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 doing anything short of cussing and fussing. Mm. And I'll go, oh, this aggression. I, I I love this this I love this fire. You know, and everybody's like, <laughs> did she just say fire? Like it's just I, say, I feel like I'm at a family reunion. I say I love it. I said, can I suggest, or let me get clarity. Sometimes you got to say, let me just get clarity. And my clarity is really the answer to what all I'm fussing about. (laughs) (laughs) Have we um, approached, and I just give me a minute to kind of finish it out. I'll clean it up after I get it out, if that's okay. And when people agree, then I'll say it. And here's the thing, when people are talking loud and all that, you have to change, shift the atmosphere by talking lower. You know, low, low and slow. And you don't you don't want to elicit them to interject. You just kind of want them to hear you out. I literally can say, okay, so I heard what you said, Nakia. So basically you said, and I can repeat it. And then you said, John, I hear you as well. And I said, looks like we're both looking at the same car. You're in the front. He's in the back. We actually have value here all the way around. Now, I want to get in and then drive so we can move forward. So <laughs> can we? Can we? Loving this analogy. <laughs> and can we come into agreement that you all are talking about the same thing from different perspectives and both perspectives are valuable? You know, like you could literally find a commonality among a conversation mm-hmm. and then. If you're really good, like what project managers can do, we could actually draw it out, mind map it and show them, okay, let's branch this thing out. Let's ask why five times. We call that Ishikawa. Ask why five times and why would this happen? You all give me some reasons and we throw all these reasons, you know, on that uh, whiteboard. And then we take one of the reasons and we go, well, why would that happen? Then you can branch that out and you literally can get to a root cause. And the root cause is basically the common denominator or the issue that's causing some of the problems with us getting stuff done. And Mm -hmm. we get down to what the bottom line is. The last time we ran out of budget (laughs) and we didn't have the budget for it. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's interesting. So look, we're at the end of a fiscal year in what month? Somebody tell you what that month is. I'm like, oh, shoot, we're in right standing right now to get half of that right now, right? And then when the new fiscal year starts, we get the other half, you put the two together, Two two times two is four. Two plus two is four all the way. So we don't have to fuss about this little $2,000. There could be a way that we could, you know, rally this and we could start working with the budget officer. You know, like you just bring solutions to the issue that nobody ever thought of. Mm -hmm. Now, tell y'all, no, that was good. That was good. Let me tell you all, uh, you guys know, over here at Victorious Living Solutions that, you know, we're going we're gonna to slide some word of God in there somewhere. Everything that she's talking about, y'all, requires that 
you have the Holy Ghost, that you take the Holy Ghost with you to work. Um, you need to take the Holy Ghost with you everywhere. You need to take the Holy Ghost with you to Walmart. You need to take the Holy Ghost with you in your car because people can't drive. Everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Oh. Just involve the Lord in your business plans, in your day-to-day, in your managing these toxic, difficult people. Because really, your battle is not even with them. They're being puppet stringed by a little imp. <laughs> and they're puppet stringing them. And the imps are, they've studied you. And they know every button of yours to push. You wondering, how does this coworker know every single last nerve I have in my body? And they sitting here getting on each one, one by one. <laughs> like, how do they know that? Well, they don't, but the imps that are puppet stringing them know. And so, yeah, sometimes we pass these tests with flying colors. Sometimes we don't. If you haven't and you listening to what Project Project Queen Mag just said, you like, dang, I ain't, I ain't do and nothing like that. Let me add to that, um, Kia, that I, th- I think this is one of the most valuable points that people need to always remember. That, like I said, you show up. Yeah. And you be confident in who you are and whose you are. Because here's what's real. Work is spiritual. Mm, Say that again. It is. Work is spiritual. There are people who have health issues because of their job. If they don't like it, if if something happened at work, that thing got in your shanana, you went home with it. Yeah. You carry it with you the next day. You carry it with you when you have that encounter with that boss, with that coworker. And if you attach mentally the wrong thing to that experience or that that altercation or that opportunity, mm-hmm. and because I said it's spiritual, you it's almost like you can't approach it without plugging in. Yeah. Without, you know, plugging into the ultimate source every day moment by moment and literally you could pray about everything one of the things that i tell my project managers all the time the first thing we have to do is determine who are all our stakeholders stakeholders are people we don't call them people we call them stakeholders Mm -hmm. that means what kind of stake they have in a project what's their interest what's their influence what kind of impact this thing will have on them and once we identify who they are and what those things are that's your prayer list Mm. okay that is your prayer list that's who you take into prayer and not prayer to control them, but prayer for you to have the tongue of the learned, prayer for you to have the wisdom, prayer for you to have that counsel, that might, that understanding in in doing whatever it is that you call to do. And that's why I call my project managers kingdom project managers, because yes. project management is kingdom work. It's real kingdom work. It's like the same thing that Jesus was commissioned to do, he had an assignment and he understood the assignment. So the projects that we're assigned to, we have to understand the assignment. Mm-hmm. And who do we represent? The kingdom. And when we represent the kingdom, you got to be connected to the throne. You got to be connected to the throne room. You have to have that time that you spend with God and you could pray about any and everything. 
the people. You could pray about the situation. You could pray, pray about resources. When resources are stuck, they couldn't get this thing going forever. But now that you're on the project, <laughs> it's a new day, right? All right now. Kingdom. And literally when you approach things from that standpoint, you are unmessable with because people will try to antagonize mm-hmm. uh, the antagonist we call the devil's advocate. Because <laughs> the devil's advocate is the person who's smiling your face. Mm-hmm. They agree and why we're in a meeting, but then they're rallying a whole nother group of people to go against the, the plan mm-hmm. or the strategy. That is real. That happens. You know how to get around that? Number one, you got to have wisdom. You got your prayer list, but that discernment, that intuition, that thing that you get, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm using the, the, the terminology that's used mm-hmm. otherwise, but that shanana feeling, that vibe, that vibration, that mm-hmm. energy that you feel, that's <laughs> real. Yeah. You cannot ignore it. So what do you do? Take it to the Lord in prayer. What do I do about this situation? Number one, because you have your prayer list, because you have your stakeholders, you personally need a relationship with your stakeholders. Yeah. I've had to tell project managers all the time. If that relationship is through somebody else, if you're trying to do that priest thing, but you got to go to the priest and ask the priest for it, <laughs> when we go re- directly to the you know what I'm saying? We go directly to the throne. Well, if you're trying to go through somebody to go through somebody to go through somebody, oftentimes that's where things go left. Mm. I had a situation where there was a, a leader who tried to undermine an effort that I had. I sent the messages, calendar meetings, all this stuff. I have a relationship with the people. So I didn't just slap stuff on their calendar. Yeah. And a relationship with them. So when this person went behind me after I sent 40 some people an email, sent the email going, oh no, we're not doing it that way. I'm working with Magdalene to make a change because they were in an upper role. Mm-hmm. Number one, I wouldn't change them. Because <laughs> I, I know what I did was correct. And mm-hmm. then number two, I had a relationship with the people. So all I had to do when they called going, hey, what was this? I just saw this mess. Don't even worry about it. Mm. So nobody was in arms. Nobody. And what was happening, this individual was causing chaos all the time because Mm. they're always undoing work. Let me tell y'all something, project manager. I want to make sure I say this because this is really important. This will save you a lot of stress, time, energy, drama. When you show up and you're doing the right thing, (laughs) (laughs) you do not want to be the project manager that's afraid to send out communication. Mm. But when, but when you send the communications, you've already vetted it. You already are clear on it and you need to be able to back yourself up. If somebody challenge you. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I send like an email to the masses, it is what it is. Yeah. Don't be that person that you have to recall the email change some stuff and then send it out again or you got to send another email to retract the email you sent before and say oh I made a mistake and I got to do this and I got to do that and disregard what I sent before and here's the real information and then two months down the road you have another situation very similar you 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 um, schedule meetings put them on people calendars you pull it off the calendar and go, oh, we got to cancel that one and we're going to do this one. And then on this date, we got a whole series of meetings and people accept that series. And then you have to delete the series and, and 
and say, okay, instead of doing it on Wednesdays at one o'clock, we're going to do it on Thursdays at three o'clock. And you're <laughs> constantly doing that. People are going to start ignoring mm-hmm. your email. You have set a precedence that you're unstable. You're unsure. You always, you know, retracting and apologizing. And you have to, um, I charge my students $25 every time they say I'm sorry in class. Mm. So girl, I be collecting my $150 plus, you know, cause I'm like, did you just say sorry? Unapologetically, because the reality is oftentimes you're not sorry, but we're so used to walking in a room. I'm sorry. Um, you're mentioning something, or if you want to change the mode of the conversation, I'm sorry, guys, we have to follow the agenda. No, ma'am. Mm. Okay. So let's move to the next agenda item. Unapologetically. <laughs> And I've had people go, well, what if you're late? What if you're late and you showed up and you got to give people all these reasons? Number one, if you're late, the meeting already going or it should be. Mm. You just fell right in. Like nobody asking for an explanation. And if they are, because you might have that one person that's looking that feel like you need to apologize. Thank you all so much for waiting. I really appreciate that. Now that I'm here, what is it that you all would like me to contribute? Mm-hmm. Or if you already had the contribution, I'm glad you guys paused for the cause. Here I am. So let me tell you guys, I was running a little behind, but I wanted to make sure I gave you this information. I want to make sure we cover this. You know, and just don't make it a habit of being late all the time. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. If you're in a meeting and the meeting is going over, do the courtesy of letting people know, because, you know, now we're all in virtual worlds. So do the courtesy of letting people know, hey, guys, we're um, we're um, wrapping up another intense conversation. I'm going to be all in and I want to be all in. So I'll be there in 10 minutes, you know, so you want to you want to talk about what you're doing versus apologizing for where you've been. Does that make sense? Like you always forward speaking, forward thinking versus unless you're trying to solve a problem, uncover, get to the bottom of it. There's no reason to go back. Let's move forward. I love it. I love it. I love it. You guys, I could stay here and talk to her for another hour, but we have to wrap up. So do you have any final thoughts uh, for people who I don't know. And I don't want to call this person a Debbie Downer, but it's somebody listening listening to this right now that says, I tried all of that you're saying, but I don't know. This person is extra difficult. I think I may need to go to HR at this point. Like what parting words of encouragement could you give to that person that is really at an impasse? You know, Every situation is different. So there's not like that one prescription for all. I'm always erring on the side of check yourself before you pick yourself, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm always erring to that because are you timid and this is a challenge for you to step up Mm -hmm. and you just don't like how that person is bringing that out of you, but it should bring it out of you. Mm -hmm. Um. Are you so concerned about looking good in front of people when, and somebody's making you look bad? Because I've had people say, oh, that person tries to make me look bad. In what way? Hmm. 
Well, I mean, they always try to point out something that I didn't do or some sort of shortcomings that I have or, you know, something, you know, to that effect. And I'm like, are you confident in what you're bringing to the table? And then the person is like, yeah, I mean, I feel like what I bring to the table is necessary for the team. If you feel like that what you're doing is necessary for the team and somebody is sort of challenging you um, in a not so nice way, nobody's asking people to be nice. That's yeah. the other thing. Like, where does niceties come from? I had a crash course in that when I came from, you know, Louisiana, visited Chicago and nobody speaking, nobody going, hey, darling. <laughs> people just kind of looking like, girl, it's cold. <laughs> I don't even know you. Do you know me? I don't know you. Right. And what if I take offense to it? And then that start affecting your health and all that stuff. So I always say, show up, make sure you doggone good at doing your work. Yeah. You can't be half doing stuff. Feel like somebody owe you something and they need to teach you or give you grace. <laughs> when you're not stepping up to learn more. Look, information is free now. Yeah. You don't have to. You literally can go to artificial intelligence. You could go to Google. You could. It's so much you can do. Um, you could ask somebody. You all of these classes that are out here. You could YouTube it. There are ways that you can get better at what you're doing, and that's what I found. People sort of stay stuck, and they sort of um retreat, especially when you come into um we'll say the racial situations. Oh, because I'm this, and they holding me back, and then nobody holds you back. But mm -hmm. if you subscribe to the thought and you live in it and you stay in it, you are not going to show up. Your brilliance is not going to be known when you're supposed to step into it. Mm -hmm. I've had people go, oh, my God, you're so confident. I can't believe you said that. You know, and I'll say something like, I can't believe you said what you said. But now that we all talking, <laughs> you know, like you have to know how to not take yourself so serious. Yeah. I actually had a situation where I have a person that was very, when I say very condescending, mm. if you didn't have an ounce of confidence, <laughs> you would be under the table right now. Like the way this person spoke and the way he spoke to you and the way he talked to you. So one day this person is going in. I have to have that one-on-one -on -me, one -on -one -on -one meeting with them and they tried to come across intimidating. And I'm, I've been contractors in companies so you don't really work there and they sort of treat contractors like, look, you do what I say, do, and that's it. And if you step off, we don't need you no more. Kind of like that's sort of how it comes across. They don't really say it that blunt, but there's no, we'll say human resource protection there. Yeah. And this person was just coming across and I mean, they just bouncing their head and they talking fast and all this. And here I am. I'm like, you about to bust an artery. Are you serious right now? <laughs> I'm like, I love this fashion. I'm just as passionate. Look, if you could dish it, I know you could take it. And they're like, is she like not taking my heart? You know, trying to come across real hard. Is she not taking me serious? I say, I don't take nothing serious. To me, it's something to laugh at. Because number one, I'm not going to lose any sleep behind this. And I'm going to spend this time to say what I need to say. <laughs> I can back up why I did what I did. And if you don't like it, or if I did something wrong, if it didn't work, then we could talk through that. I said, because again, I'm just as passionate as you are. Yeah. 
I said, but you know, we're not gonna be disrespectful. I definitely won't disrespect you, but it is funny to me. I'm sitting there going, you know, I kind of mocked <laughs> I was like, man, I said, you're giving me content. I so love that's it. the other thing. It's not taking it serious. If you're taking stuff way too personal, and again, work is spiritual. So if you feel like you're doing a good job and somebody making a mockery of your good work, I've had situations where, and I'll, I'll tell you this, I was falsely accused of something. Hmm. And the person went to executive leadership to slap my hand and let me know, girl, you didn't got too high for your britches. Bring it all the way down. That was kind of like, let me just clip her wings a little bit. That was sort of the the um, implication. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I read the email that went, Magdalene, let's have a conversation. So we in this conversation and they're, you know, going through these egregious, supposedly things that I've done. Mm-hmm. And I said, as long as I've been here, you understand my character and you understand my integrity. So how dare a person take what I'm doing good mm-hmm. and turn it around and make it as if my intent was malicious. That's not who I am. That's not who I've ever been. And, you know, because this person was willing to listen to me. Yeah. When they accused me, I said, okay, can I respond to that? Yeah. And when they were like, yes, I said, you know, and I'm not taking offense because I don't own that. What I own is who I am, what I bring to the table and what I've done and why I did it. And that executive heard it. That's when I got the VP position. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how dare you take my good intentions and all the great that I've done here and take somebody one time word for something that's not even true. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. You have customers a lot of times in organizations that accuse a a worker of not doing something or giving them a saying, hey, here's what you agreed to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is not sort of what's happening. And they cut, they, you know, they complain to the gods (laughs) and they get all (laughs) the way up to, you know, and you have to sort of defend that. And you and if your process is broken, this is the time to discover it. And you can say, hey, look, I realize the process is broken. I did tell the customer that because that's the way we're handling these type things. But now that we know that that's a, I think we should all come together with a solution on how to fix that. I could write the customer letter. We could write the customer letter. We need to do some type of restitution. I'm all in. But yes, own it. It's almost like when you mess up, own it. Mm-hmm. And when you own it, Trust me, it it is hard sometimes to replace people. It is not as quick yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, as everybody proclaiming it to be. And you know how they say certain people get a pass. The truth is that person that's getting a pass showed up and were willing to get the pass. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get jealous or upset with them for getting the pass. Just know you just have to be authentic in who you are. If you feel a way about something, you're not walking around, you know, living life on your feelings or your shoulders. But if you're being falsely accused or if your effort is not showing up, you've got to step up. Like I had somebody saying, hey, you're missing what I'm telling you. You're not doing what I'm telling you to do. I didn't mention it. And you do over here doing this. And I started laughing. I said, you know what? I've been known to do the most. <laughs> I've been told I do the most. I said, so if I did more than what's required and I need to scale back, this is, hey, that's why we're in the conversation. 
I was ill it back, you know? I said, and certain people, when they're messing up, I don't beat them up. I say, you know what? You get grace. You get grace. I give you grace because everyone makes mistakes. It seems like your intentions were correct. Hey, at least we know that there's a possibility that this crazy can happen. So <laughs> it helps me manage the project more risk averse in the future. You know, it gives me a lesson learned. Uh, we call that post-mortem in project management. So, mm. yeah, All right. I can go on and on and on. I used to do this. I don't know if you recall me doing this way back when, but, you know, when Periscope and um, Facebook Live was called something else before. But um, I used to get on live because I had a conference bridge. And I would allow people to call into my conference bridge and I would live answer their questions. I did not want to know the company that they work for. They could not mention their company name and they could not give me their boss name or their <laughs> co-worker's name. They just needed to give me the situation mm -hmm. and I would help them navigate through that situation. And I always started with them hmm. Because we have to take responsibility for us is not always the other people. Because when you're in that space, whatever, I, I teach this concept in project management for project managers to understand what's constructive to a project in terms of how people behave mm -hmm. and what's destructive. Yeah. And I teach them that if you use the emotional intelligence and if you are confident in who you are as a project manager, you can actually turn the destructive role into a constructive role because our job is also to build people and to level them up as well. Mm -hmm. So when I go through these like destructive roles, I teach them what things that they can do to flip it. And then we role play some of the situations and stuff. It's always fun. I make it fun, but it helps them too to be empowered. Sometimes you got to practice those hard conversations in the mirror to get the emotion out. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying in your voice, not trembling. Yes. Because it's spiritual. That's just how connected people are to it. So mm -hmm. you just want to be connected to the right spirit. And you can't, oh my God, let me say this to the Christians, the, the believers. Don't, Jesus not going to come down and do it for you. Mm. I'm just going to put yeah. it in God's hand. But meanwhile, you can't sleep at night. I'm just going <laughs> to put it in God's hand. Meanwhile, you're not getting a promotion. I'm just going to put it in God's hand. Meanwhile, you stressed out and literally crying about how somebody treating you because you didn't want to step up. You're going to put it in God's hand. Meanwhile, he gave us dominion. You didn't put it in God's <laughs> hand. You just stuffed it in your chest because you didn't want to say nothing. Because mm. God will give you the tongue of the learned so you'll know what to say and yeah. how to say it. To the ear, from your mouth to their ear, it'll be heard the right way. When you take it to God, when you when you say you're putting it in his hand, ask him for wisdom on how to deal with it. Yeah. And I've had people say, oh, God told me not to say nothing. <laughs> but if God say don't say nothing and you still worry, you can't sleep at night, your raise was attached to it, you did not get the money. Mm. <laughs> you did not get it resolved. Everybody talking about you because they pissed. Because you made everybody miss the bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure God said something and you just being disobedient. Mm. Well, 
No, it's always like, yeah, that's why I say it's not one prescription. Some of us are just disobedient. They, we, we scared. We literally let the enemy take our voice. Yeah. And God gave you power and authority in your voice. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's not just the people. It's you being disobedient. And the test going to keep coming to you. You're going to go to another job and get the same test. Oof. You're going to get on another the first time, y'all. <laughs> she is not lying. Right, you're gonna have the same situation. You're gonna get out of one marriage and marry the next dude and have the same problem with their family. You know what I'm saying? Hey, <laughs> like, it's 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 the same. So good stuff. Y'all, I hope y'all been taking notes, okay? Because we have got some great tips. Girl, I'm gonna have to play this thing back and take my own notes. Okay. Girl, the Holy Spirit is speaking through you. We got some good stuff. I loved especially the um role-playing like role-play with somebody don't let like your at work be the first time you've played that situation out like have a family member or somebody help role-play the situation with you so you can you know talk your way through how to confront and how to have the difficult conversations don't just do it on the fly please don't do nothing on the fly (laughs) pray and ask God for wisdom and all of that. So thank you, Mag, so much. You are welcome to stop by anytime. We love your words of wisdom. And thank you all for tuning in. <laughs> Do you have anything coming up before we hop off? Anything? Where they um, I you? have a project management class the last week of every month. Okay. Um, where people, if they're looking to get into project management, get certified in project management, um, I'm actually planning on around August, I'm going to wait for school to restart, to okay. restart those conversations where people call in and talk about some of the challenges that they're having in the workplace mm-hmm. and just seeking some strategies to overcome so if you get their projects done. And of course, they can always reach out to me from um, my website, projectqueenmag.com, if they want to have one of those conversations. Awesome. Well, you guys here, she knows her stuff and I would highly recommend her for anybody who's looking to get into project management, anybody who wants more words of wisdom, keep up with everything that she is doing. Thank you again so much for stopping by. We love you. (laughs) All right, you guys. So keep tuning into this series. Oh, you're so welcome. Keep tuning into this series, you guys. We're going to be talking about surviving toxic relationships all season long if you missed the previous episodes go back and look at those too and share 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 it with your friends because we're talking about every different aspect of toxic relationships you can think of and i'm sure there's somebody that you know that needs these words of encouragement all right thank you all for tuning in keep living victoriously bye everybody (laughs) 